Welcome to the Case for Safety podcast. Our conversations with safety experts aim to share ideas and insights you can use to help your organization benefit from efforts to improve worker safety and health. I'm your host, Scott Fowler. Hotel housekeeping tasks present a number of ergonomic hazards to housekeeping staff. Joining me today to talk about some of those hazards, steps you can take to help address them, and much more is Tim Podorf. Tim is a certified industrial ergonomist, associate in risk management, and principal at QP3 Ergonomics, LLC. Tim, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks, Scott. Appreciate your having me. Great to have you. Now, to, to kind of preface this, uh, as this episode is going out, we're kicking off uh, Safety 2022 uh, in Chicago and have a lot of safety professionals who will be joining us in Chicago and spending this week in a hotel. So we thought this would be a great opportunity to, to share tips with our listeners about how they can support the safety and health of hotel staff uh, throughout their travels. And uh, this is a, a topic you know an awful lot about. So to set the stage, I thought we could start by talking about some of the specific ergonomic hazards associated with hotel housekeeping? Well, the, the, the predominant issue we see is um, awkward postures. People reaching, bending, twisting. Uh, we see high frequency, for example, in scrubbing tasks. doesn't matter whether I'm scrubbing a sink or a mirror or a counter or a bathtub or shower enclosure. I'm using pretty much the same motions over and over. So, in the world of ergonomics, you know, there's some primary risk factors, you know, awkward postures, force exertion, repetition, vibration, da, 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 da. there's several. And so what happens is when we start combining things like awkward postures with high frequency or force exertion with high frequency, that really exacerbates the stress on the human body, the, the soft tissues, the muscles, tendons, ligaments, and, and actually and ultimately the nerves. Okay. Jumping off of that, you, you touched on a little bit there, but what are some of the effects that those can have on someone's health and well-being over time? Predominantly, the things we see in, in hospitality industries, especially housekeepers, is upper extremity, back, and neck musculoskeletal disorders. Those, you know, those are the areas of the body person is going to have issues with the lower back uh, from doing a lot of bending. They may be bending to clean a toilet, bending to clean a shower and tub. They may be twisting and reaching over a counter to reach the top of a mirror. You have shoulder issues, obviously, from the re extended reaching. And, and one of the challenges is a lot of properties, a lot of hotel rooms, almost everything. If you have a mirror that goes from the countertop to the ceiling, which is the case in a lot of, a lot of properties. I mean, I'm six foot three. I can't reach the top of the mirror easily. And our housekeepers are predominantly and generally a smaller anthropometric demographic, i.e. body size. They're, they're, they're smaller. They're five foot, five foot five inches tall. And so there's, if I'm at six foot three, I'm, I'm unable to make the reach, whether it's to the top of a mirror or to the center of a king-size headboard. How can you expect these housekeepers to do the same? That is a, that is a great point and a, and a perfect segue into my next question. Now, for those who stay in hotels, what are some simple steps that they can take to help address some of those hazards and ease the pains and strains associated with hotel housekeeping work? You know, one of the first things people can do is to before they leave the room, if they if they know they're going to have a, a if they're staying over and they know they've requested service or if they're departing, or checking out. First thing is to collect the trash, 
and put in the trash bin, but also to put the trash bin on an elevated surface. A lot of times they'll clean, change the liner. It, again, it's, it's a posture issue. Yeah, they will have to bend to put the trash can back to the floor, but by elevating that container, it keeps them in an upright back position and it's, they're, they're, the bodies are stronger, they're at le less risk. And so if somebody's cleaning 15 rooms, usually there are a minimum of two trash containers in each room. That's over the course of one shift, that's 30 times less that they have to do that bend. If a person, you know, uses the towels, if, trusting that, you know, people shower before they leave, raising the towels, putting them on, on the back of the commode or on a countertop or in the sink so that, again, the housekeeper doesn't have to bend down and grab those towels off the floor. One of the challenges, many properties I've been in, they have a note, well, if, if you put your dirty and use towels in the tub. And that's one of the things we're trying to get the industry to recognize is that's actually not good for their housekeepers. So we're trying to change the, the conversation, but, but again, elevating the trash can, picking up the towels. The other thing is if you're staying over, you know, cleaning up your toiletries, don't leave a mess. Tuck things away in a closet, in a drawer. Now don't leave your room a mess. <laughs> don't be a slob. <laughs> I know that's, seriously, I've, I've seen rooms where people are actually have lived there for 18 months, three years at a time. And it's almost people were actually in extended state properties, people actually doing heavy duty cooking. And sinks are piled high with dishes and cookware. And it makes it almost possible for these house for a housekeeper to finish that room in a timely manner and then go on to the next rooms they're supposed to clean. Okay, so now that that covers the, the steps that hotel guests can take. Now Taking the next step from a safety professional's perspective, are there are there ways that you see that tasks or the work could be redesigned in a way that helps support the health and safety of housekeeping staff? Yeah, that's a great question. And one of the things we've done is we've done hundreds of completed hundreds of housekeeper assessments across the country. And one of the things I'm, I'm working on is with, with Kansas State University, my major professor, one of her PhD students, one of my teammates, over the past year, we've been looking at conduct, doing risk assessments using the rule of the rapid upper limb assessment technique to assess housekeeper jobs and see what's what's going on from the work we've done previously, you know, pre-intervention pre by us to post-intervention. One of the things we're finding is when housekeepers know a better work technique, whether it's, you know, just for the guests that don't leave the waste paper baskets elevated, that we ask them, put the waste paper basket on the surface, then take the, the garbage out and then replace the liner while it's still on that elevated surface. When they do that, the RULA scores improve. When teaching people a different vacuuming technique from a biomechanical standpoint, when they have control over how they vacuum and they know, oh, gee, this is easier on my body, they follow and their ruler scores improve. So one of the challenges we sometimes see is properties who don't necessarily, have, they don't have the, the ability to have safety professionals on site. And they, they usually have a corporate risk management team. And some of them have corporate safety directors, but that's the management company. So... They don't always have the ability to control the tools and equipment. Now, there are certain 
procedures and processes, and, and I've gone toe to toe with with some of the companies that provide cleaning chemicals and solutions. Well, this is our way, but some of the things I've seen are actually increasing the risk for ergonomics issues, increasing the risk for slip strips falls. So it's it's a it's a struggle. I I would say that the industry has a long way to go, but the best way, place to start is wherever we are and we make whatever progress we can make. So, so that's, so there are option, opportunities for better tools. For example, longer toilet brushes, longer, longer dusters. When I do training, I have a bag, of, a, ba a bag of tools I bring out and, and it's always fun for, for housekeepers to say, oh, you know, I, I can reach out and touch someone with a, the extended handle dusters and those sorts of things. But seriously, the, 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 the opportunity that properties have and the industry has is, again, I mentioned I'm, I'm 6'3". I can find high dirt more easily and somebody's a little bit shorter than me. So I go into property and it's, it's easy to find the high dirt with the proper tools, extended reaching tools, those sorts of things. Housekeepers can get their room cleaner and that can translate into a better guest satisfaction rating and long-term that higher, those higher ratings help drive business, help drive average daily rate. Absolutely. And you talk about challengers, uh, the repetition and tasks that may be more difficult for certain individuals and thinking about our current environment and many in the hospitality industry being short-staffed, that that drives that message home even more, that you may be short-staffed, so it's even more important that you take care of the employees you do have so that they're not experiencing those pains and strains and are able to stay on the job longer. Yeah, it doesn't matter whether you're working in manufacturing, hospitality, mining, processing, the right tool for the task at the right time. Okay, now we've, we've focused on ergonomics a great deal, but what are some of the other safety and health hazards that you've come across in your work that are common in the hospitality industry that safety professionals should know about so that they can be more proactive about addressing those? I, I see a lot of others. So I've been, you know, I worked for a commercial insurance company for, for many years. So I had really great folks to work with and learn from. And one of the things I see in Team H2, I, I, you know, from a hazardous materials management standpoint, I've been in properties where in their chemical storage room, they, they've had containers there probably since the hotel was built and the, the labels are illegible, they're crusty. And one property in a major city, it was a 600 room property. I saw a, about a 30 gallon barrel of concentrated laundry detergent sitting on a, on a concrete platform, if you will. It was up about six feet or six inches, excuse me, six inches. But it was adjacent to a floor drain going to, into the, this large city's sewer system. So if you look at what, what we used to call worst thing could happen, the, the, the detergent tips, tips over, it goes into the, the system. That's a major issue, those sorts of things. Um, not to mention the unmarked spray bottles that are on, on housekeeping carts that, that guests and kids who might be messing around, running around, oh, gee, here's a bottle, squirt, squirt. What did you just spray into your sibling's eye or somebody else's eye? It's not marked those sorts of things. Uh, so it's not only hazardous materials management issue, there's also general liability exposure from these sorts of things. I've seen, you know, and again, in downtown properties, vacuum cleaner, electrical co power cords that have so much electrical tape on them, they look like coral snakes. 
I'd seen one one nice, really nice resort. The the location will remain confidential, but a housekeeper used a sponge, cleaned the toilet, and did a rinse in the sink, and then cleaned the sink with the same sponge, and then they cleaned the shower enclosure. There's no segregation. You've got a, the same sponge for the toilet, then the sink, then the shower, then the next room, the toilet, the sink, and then the shower. So talk about a potential bloodborne pathogens exposure and, and then cr cross-contamination across rooms. It's, it's these sorts of things. And so we asked the housekeeper, why wasn't a toilet brush being used? Well, their toilet brush had broken and they were afraid to ask. For a new one and the supervisor said we got plenty of brushes it's so sometimes there's a communication issue and but then again there are there are challenges with um people they have one brush they only want to carry one brush into the the room but you want to segregate what you're using for the sink for the toilet for the tub and shower other general liability issues i remember seeing a a a pool ladder, the handle hand guard rail on a pool ladder had about a about a 30 to 40 degree rotation as you come out the deep end of the pool. Well, again, if you look at what what could happen, if somebody's late at night, they've gotten off a flight, they, they want a quick swim, and nobody else is not it's an un, unsupervised pool. You want climbing out of that deep end, you're tired, this handle swings hits your head, knocks you out, you go fall back in that deep end you've got to have a potential fatality on your hands. So there's a lot of stuff that we see in our, in our work that goes, yes, ergonomics is important. Yes, we want to address ergonomics issues because MSDs are a potential contributor. They also, they're seeing a link between MSDs and the opioid crisis. So that's another, that's another discussion. But so so, but we're seeing some serious issues in the industry. With uh, you mentioned like the chemical hazards and the electrical hazards. Is it a matter of I mean, at least in some way, you know, just taking regular inventory of you know, as you said, some of those chemicals was there and may have been there for years or decades potentially. Is it just a matter of, like taking regular stock of those chemicals of that equipment to make sure you know those aren't posing any hazards, whether to staff or to the to the public at large, that you know what it is you're using and and you know the potential hazards that may pose. Most operations are required to have some sort of a bloodborne pathogen program. You know, hazardous materials management is, you know, in in in, in how's the manufacturing say you have safety data sheets and everything's pretty well categorized and 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 available to folks again very few properties if any are going to have a safety professional on site or even available so the folks yeah well they they have people have general training general awareness but generally you have a general manager wearing many hats you know your your executive housekeeper their focus their their training is in hospitality not necessarily environmental health and safety issues and they have classes and they say yeah 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 we know how to do this but sometimes i i, I don't think they know they don't know what they don't know if that makes sense have you found in in some cases, is that you may have a safety and health person at the corporate level and then it just you know needs to 
it needs to filter down from there. I'm curious you know, the role of, you know, a safety and health professional in the hierarchy of, of the industry. Some of your larger property management companies have health and safety professionals. Um, and some of the corporations I've worked with is mainly from a risk management standpoint. So risk managers are dealing with ins- their commercial insurance coverages. They're dealing with managing the relationships between, again, the property owners and the brands, prop, you know, whoever owns the building and the brands, they're managing, you know, your, the general liability they're generally managing the slip strips falls of guests. So that slip strips and falls tends to be a very highly um, high risk, if you will, um, a lot of, lot of exposures. Uh, some state that this California has Prop 65, which is there is a signage regulation. So if you go into drive into an enclosed garage, parking garage, you have to, the the garage owner has to have a sign that says the the driving into here, you know, can cause you to breathe fumes that could kill you. You know, food and beverage outlets, i.e., a shellfish warning, an undercooked meats warning, an alcohol the beverage warning. Some of they may contain. You know, from the, the door, you know, you may may have materials in here that could that where the off gassing could cause harm, et cetera, et cetera. Anything else uh, you'd like to add? Any uh, final thoughts about uh, improving health and safety in the hospitality industry? Yeah, you know, that's a that's a great. I appreciate your asking the question. We talked about tools, we talked about techniques, but really, we haven't talked about design. And uh, for folks that are familiar with ISO 45001, the safety management systems, we really want to look at prevention through design. I talk about that with my manufacturing and processing clients. I was just just in a course for for folks last last week. And if you really want to solve issues, it's prevention through design. And for the past 30 years, and I've been an ergonomist, one of the things we also discuss is design for maintenance and maintenance accessibility. Maintenance could be electrical maintenance, mechanical maintenance. In a hotel, you're talking about, the maintenance we're talking about is cleaning the room. You know, how do we design a room to clean it? How do we design a room for best guest access? So, so we have to look at how those rooms are designed, what are the what heights, the reaches, you know, how to access uh, headboards and make sure that housekeepers have the right tools and equipment to do that. But, at the, you know, they're, they're, there's a property I was working with, they had just redesigned the, the guest rooms and the, the end tables were only about an inch from the mattress, from either side of the mattress. They, they, they designed the room so tight they're working with the same, again, with the hotel room, we redesign it. It's not like you can bump the walls out to give yourself more space. So, so, but they designed the built-in end tables so so, so close to the mattress, and now you've got a knuckle scraper um, when you try to tuck the sheets in. There are platform mattresses out there that they don't have a box spring, but they have more of a plywood base. And if you lift the mattress up a little bit and like, reach in, as you're tucking this, the sheets, Generally, you have another knuckle scraper on the edge of that plywood sheet. Or if you're in the cruise industry, it's more of a more of a wire mesh uh, in lieu of a box spring. So again, you're tucking the sheets. Again, you're scraping against metal, steel mesh. You know, steel like woven wire. So, so those are the sorts of things we've got to look. We have to look at the design. 
Absolutely. I think that that's a, that's a great note to end on and something for our listeners to keep in mind. Uh, well, uh, thank you so much again, Tim, for coming on. I know you've given me uh, a lot to think about, our listeners a lot to think about. And so I uh, I, I hope everyone uh, keeps this in mind uh, throughout their travels to help improve the health and safety of uh, hospitality staff. So thank you again. All right. Thank you so much, Scott, and have a great rest of your day. And thank you for listening. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Case for Safety podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can also connect with us at ASSP.org and follow us on Twitter at ASSP Safety. We'll see you next time.